0: Hello, and welcome to episode 246 of Constructing Comics, a podcast, building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, I have an interview with creators from the comic book school. We have AA, we have Chris, we have D. we have Evan, and we have Jack. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Let's um, let's do quick bios. Um, let's and I'll, I'll call everybody out and, uh, you know, just give me like a one to two sentence uh, bio about yourself and maybe a little bit about what you're working on and, uh, in this book. So let's 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 go kind of in alphabetical order, uh, A.A., what's, uh, what is your role in your bio here? Okay.
1: So I am A.A. Rubin. I'm a writer and an editor. I write everything from comics to formal rhyming poetry and almost everything in between. I'm also a, an editor on this book along with um, D. Alley and Chris Burgos. We were the editorial team who put the anthology together.
0: Awesome. So uh I think that would lead me into uh, a good segue there to to Dee. Uh, how about how about your bio? Um and we obviously know part of your role here as as the editor.
2: Yeah. So my name is Dee Alley, also known as Redheaded Ed. Um, I'm an animator by trade during the day and I got into comics in 2019 uh, by meeting Buddy and getting into comic book school. Uh, as Ari said, I'm part of the editorial team. We both worked on uh, the first anthology, panel one, and then rolled into the second and brought Chris on to the editorial team. And uh, I worked on a couple different projects in the book, but mostly I'm, uh, I'm the person in the, be- the back up the wings, so.
0: Very cool. So let's uh, let's sort of keep the the editorial tree going um, and let's 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 jump over to Chris.
3: All right. My name is uh, Chris Burgos and uh, I'm a writer. And on this anthology uh, panel, two, I was definitely one of the editors, as the other two have already said. Um, I contributed two stories uh, for this. One is The Corrupted, which is uh, a typical sequential comic book, whereas the other one is my first time writing prose. It is Frozen uh, Carnage. Very cool.
0: And, uh, let's, let's, let's jump over to to Evan. Evan, um, let's, uh, let's a bio and what you're doing in this book.
4: Yes. Uh, hi, I'm Evan scale. I'm a freelance comic artist and illustrator located in Greece. And I had the pleasure to work on this, uh, on anthologies panel one and two. And on panel two, I worked on a eight page comic story with Jack Holder and, uh, Contributed two pages for Ari's uh, Mr. Stupendous. Oh, wow. So what time is it for you there? Uh, uh, it's uh, 4, 4 a.m. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: well, thanks for, for getting up early or, or maybe staying up late to, to, to join us here.
4: Yeah, staying up late because uh, generally my schedule is like that. So I don't really mind. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay. And last but
0: not least, let's uh, let's check in with Jack.
5: Uh, hi, I'm Jack. Uh, I like to call myself Evan's writer. Uh, I do faith and fantasy uh, comics and prose. Uh, I'm a writer for the comic book schools panel one and panel two anthology. Uh, Evan and I have worked together uh, on both anthologies, uh, the first one Camridian and the Lehman Lurkers. Uh, and this one Lost in Repose. Uh, really excited to have everyone here talking so I can say thank you because I've just started to get the chance to read it. Thank you, guys.
0: Awesome. So, um, you know, A.A., you were on last year, I, I guess, to talk about uh, the, the, the first edition of this book. You guys were calling that is panel one, is that correct?
1: Yeah, Yes, that's correct. Uh, The anthology series is called Creator Connections. It's named after one of the classic comic book school panels that you may have seen at a convention if uh, you've gone to a convention where Buddy Scalera has been in attendance, um, which is where it's kind of like speed dating for creators. We uh, have writers and artists, and they all meet and exchange business cards and work together. Um, The anthology was built kind of on that same principle, but um, most of the introductions actually happened online on our new forums um so the anthology series was creator connections the first issue was panel one the second volume of the anthology this year is panel two which also had a theme unlike last year's edition the theme of this year's anthology was the time in in inn like a hotel
0: Nice. And so what's the, what's the process? Are you guys, uh, you know, getting together? I think if I remember correctly from the, the previous interview, you guys sort of had like a schedule that you were like sort of maybe checking in like weekly having discussions. And you, I think you also had like deadlines, like you had to have like a certain, you know, had to be at a certain point in the creative process. Was Is that still the case here? Yep. Uh, so,
1: yep. So I'll let Dee talk about that. She's in charge of the schedule. So
2: actually, the uh, the schedule came about from the actual um, eight-page challenge. Um, basically, I'd gone to Comic-Con in 2019 uh, in a bit of a creative rut, and Buddy challenged me to have an eight-page comic. So I went home and put on my project manager hat and made a schedule, and I sent it to him, and he said, it's really good, do you mind if I share it? So with a couple of tweaks and edits, we ended up sharing it, and a bunch of people signed on and said, this sounds like a really great idea. And so we set up uh, the forums and the website so that each step was kind of outlined. Um, and then once you turned in every step, we kind of critiqued and made each story better. Um, and so that's how, how it was born. And then from that, we decided to publish the pages as the anthology. So once we finished the first one, everybody said, OK, so when did we start the next one? So Ari and I just jumped on board and started with the next one.
1: And I think that something else we should add is that unlike a traditional anthology process where you submit a finished piece to an anthology, which is then reviewed by an editorial team and either accepted or rejected, um, usually without comment, um, we accept everyone into our process as long as you can follow that schedule and that you participate in good faith in our process of community-based feedback on the forums. So as long as you're hitting the deadlines and you're making the revisions based on the feedback from our community, uh, from the editorial team and from the uh, pros in the comic book school network, um, if you make it through the process, hitting all the deadlines following the professional schedule, then your piece will be in the anthology.
0: Nice. And so I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris.
3: Well, no, I was just going to say that uh, I was just going to chime in and add on that. uh, The education aspect of the comic book school is... uh, really a big part of the anthology. It's not just about hitting a specific deadline. It's like, okay, these are your deadlines. This is when your script is due. This is when your inks are due, your colors are due and all that jazz. It also has to do with, uh, you know, a buddy who runs the comic book school, he's posting online what each step is. And uh, it's like a learning process for especially the newer creators. Um, so when you're meeting these deadlines, you're also being walked through the process of how to create the cor- uh, the comic book or the story that you're doing. So uh, it's, it's heavily reliant on the educational aspect uh, with the deadlines.
0: And is most of the communication handled uh, uh, through the forum? Um, are you guys, um, you know, you know, as we've gone sort of in the pandemic, you know, a lot of stuff is, is done, you know, as we're doing here in a Zoom meeting. How is, how is most of the communication handled uh, as far as like what you've turned in, you know, constructive criticism, you know, what you have to do, like, how's the communication handled there?
2: So we do a lot of the back and forth, especially for the anthology itself on the forums, Um, We have a special uh, sub forum, specifically for teams and for the challenge. Um, And it's, it's a place where the entire community can give feedback. So it's not just two people, three people, you know, saying this is what we want. It's everybody saying, well, here's a suggestion or here's a critique or you know, here's videos you can use that reference what I'm trying to tell you. And so it's it's a very community geared, very involved um, process. And then on top of that, when we get down to like the, um, the edits and the pages are turned in, sometimes we'll email directly and say, hey, uh, for the pages you've turned in, um, here are some proofing edits, or here are some things that we need you to correct for specs, that kind of thing. Um, we do end up posting a lot of those in the forums as well. It just depends on, you know, timelines and things. Um, but as far as uh, communicating over Zoom or in a chat, we have some YouTube shows that we do where we talk to professionals in the field, and they'll go over scripts. So we actually this year had uh, one of our submitted scripts to the anthology reviewed by a professional editor uh, on one of our shows. And so he got to get on and get real-time feedback with an actual editor, and then everyone else got to see how that was. Um, we also, if you reach out and say, hey, by the way, I'm really struggling with this, we're happy to jump on a call and have you know discussions and things like that beyond what the forums offer.
0: Nice. And, you know, early on, you guys mentioned sort of the, the speed dating aspect of it. Um, Are you guys, you know, is there a lot of like, Hey, I'm a writer. I'm looking for an artist. Hey, I'm an artist. I'm, I'm really interested in this project and sort of how, how does sort of the, the pairing working out? I mean, I guess Jack and Evan have a uh, working relationship, so that was probably pretty easy to put together, but how are some of the other uh, teams put together?
3: well the onus uh on all of the creators are you know to communicate and like when uh when you have uh the very first step of the process buddy basically says okay if you're a writer give three ideas uh and throw those concepts on the boards and then uh people are supposed to give feedback on those ideas or maybe like okay go with the go with idea a because that's the coolest idea you have. Or I'd like to see idea C because that one might be a little bit more intriguing in an eight page story or whatnot. And uh, it's also supposed to be one of those like, okay, if you're an artist, this is your time to pay attention and kind of pick and choose if you can, uh, finding a writer who you wanna work with. And also at the same time, the writers, uh, we wanna make sure that the writers are also trying to reach out to artists and say, hey, I've got these ideas, I love your style, would you be willing to work with me on this? So it's a little bit of both.
1: And I I think that it's different for every creative team. We have some teams like Jack and Evan who came as a team who had worked together before. We have some people like, um, you know, um, I met, both Dee and Chris at actual physical panels that Buddy ran. I met Chris years ago um, at a Creator Connections and I met Dee at 2019 at New York Comic-Con. I met Evan online through the first anthology that the work that he did for Jack. And I was like, hey, I got these two pages. That the, I, I did my, my comic story in the anthology, Mr. Stupendous in the Clutches of Dr. Wen takes place in many different time periods, I actually have four different artists working on it. And I was like, hey, I got these two time periods. I think they would be perfect based for your style. Um, because the comic that he did with Jack for the previous anthology took place in the time period that I was writing for, and I contacted him online, having met him on the forums. Um, For my flash fiction story in the first anthology, I had posted one of my ideas on the forum, and an artist, Mike Ponce, who also worked with Chris um, that year, jumped on. He's like, hey, that's a really cool idea. I want to draw that one. So it can happen in a lot of different ways. Now, if people are struggling, we do try to pair them, and we did work we did partner with Lipe Diaz's art school um, in, uh, in Buenos Aires, I, I believe. And um, he um, provided us with four, four of his students who were working with some of our writers who maybe, they actually all worked with some of our prose writers who maybe didn't have the experience in the comics world of making a team of a writer and an artist because it's not what they usually do. So we do try to help out with that. But our, our preference is to have, you know, teams form either on the forums or through other, um, other interactions.
0: Nice. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, you know, that we have some writers, we have some artists, we have some people that are more on the editorial side, but let's, let's, let's talk about uh, your contributions to this. Um, Let's, let's go to Jack who we haven't heard from in a little bit. Uh, Jack, tell us a little bit about what you've uh, added to this book.
5: Oh, uh, so the concept uh, that was uh, coming up, but uh, Evan and I really didn't know what it was going to be or what we were going to be really doing. Uh, and then Buddy comes out and he's like, time in. And we're like, excuse me, time in. Time, I, and N. And we're like, and Evan's Pretty much, we're testing each other on Messenger, and he's like, "You're gonna have so much fun with that." I don't know whether or not he was being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, so, what Evan and I are uh, doing for ourselves with uh, *Cambridian* and our other works uh, is building a world, building uh, a a whole stable of stories, and so we had *Lost in Repose*. Uh, A young, not so young, uh, former princess uh, trying to get away from it all, and ends up going to this inn, Uh, this abandoned inn in the middle of nowhere, pretty much so she can be all by herself. Unfortunately, it's occupied by a lich, right now a dark, undead necromancer, and... For the next few decades, she and this necromancer are battling it out, pretty much just going through all the stages of grief for themselves in the midst of combat. Uh, and uh, Evan was just looking at this all the time, and he's like, I could have so much fun with this.
0: Awesome. And all these stories, is, are, they're eight pages, right? Is, is that correct?
2: Yes. So all the comic book page, all the comics are eight pages with mm-hmm. a cover. So technically nine pages. Um, and then uh, we also have flash fiction prose, uh, which is either one or two pages. It's I think a thousand to 15, Ari will correct me on that. Uh, so with, uh, either five, one or two uh, illustrations.
1: It's either, it's either 500 words or a thousand words, um, oh. either one page of text with one illustration or two pages of text with two illustrations. Um so we, we preferred to keep it either towards closer to 500, which is one page or to a thousand, which is, which is two.
0: Cool. So Jack, you have done a number of anthology stories and you've done longer, you know, single issues of, of books, which I assume are like in the twenties, uh, maybe even like the 30 page count. Um, so was there anything different um, that you and, and Evan experienced here? From your previous, um, you know, experiences working together.
5: Uh, yeah, Evan. I, uh, Evan. Which number project is lost in repose? On this, is this six, seven, eight?
4: It depends. How how are you counting? Uh, Burn of magic.
5: Uh, I'm gonna count that as one. So I'm gonna go with like six. Mm-hmm uh with each uh the thing that always comes into uh a comics project is uh pages are money uh when you're the writer more pages uh means more money uh charles dickens uh is always quoted as the wordsmith writing uh pretty much uh as many words as magazines would let him uh print uh as an indie writer you have to look at the opposite manner and see okay I can afford just to do this amount of words uh not just because of how much it costs but as many uh words as you put on the page that's how much space is taken away from your artists, like Evan, to actually play and have fun with. So you have to really understand the economy of page space. And that's what I like about uh, these eight page challenges, even like two or four page challenges, is because it really forces writers, especially sci-fi and fantasy writers, which pop up in comics a lot, uh, who are used to reading 1000 page books with like six page descriptions of a table setting only mm-hmm. they're like I can't do this I need to actually let someone else shine
0: yeah I think there's a real skill in um, doing those you know, shorter stories, the, the twos, the, the sixes, the eights, like, you know, you, you, you have to make sure that you don't meander, uh, which you could do, like, if you, if you had more pages, or, you know, if you were doing a, a single issue, you might be able to explore a little bit more, but, you know, you know, eight pages or less, you really have to be focused, and you really have to move the story along, um, so that's, that's a real skill to build. So Chris, I'm going to jump over to you. Um, I know that you are, um, you know, on the editorial side, but I believe if I remember correctly from your, from your intro, your bio, um, are you contributing to this uh, creatively as well?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said, I did, uh, two stories. I did one eight page comic and then one of the flash fiction stories, uh, a four pager with two pages of text and two illustrations. And, uh, I, I enjoyed having the new challenge of working on prose for the first time, uh, being someone that came from like a film background and uh, been doing for comics for a couple of years now. Um, doing prose was really fun. Uh, I, I challenged myself to be like, I had to figure out how to be descriptive without using images, like to you know fully give hold hands with it. Um, <clears throat> so that story is about... Uh, Frozen Carnage is about a, uh, like a SWAT team member uh, who is frozen in time and he's watching chaos just play all around him, like absolute mayhem. His entire uh, SWAT team squad is basically being decimated by something in the shadows. And uh, it's uh, an in the head uh, first person account where he's kind of just trying to figure out what the heck's happening and oh my gosh, something's on me. Something is licking me all of a sudden. Wait a minute, my partner just got thrown across the room. Why are there guns going off and firing everywhere? And so that's what the story is about. The comic, uh, the eight page comic is called The Corrupted. And that story is about um, something being hidden in the desert uh, that harkens back to uh, the middle ages And uh, it's a secret that's been wiped off the face of the planet. And there are people that try to spend their whole lives trying to keep that secret. And so uh, the story takes place in a tavern where there's an archaeologist who's about to go to the dig site and uncover potentially the secret. And in the seated in the back of the like the tavern are two assassins who are just basically discussing how they should take this guy out. And that's all that story is. And they end up basically just sitting down with him and start talking to him. And let's let this guy decide how he wants to die.
0: Awesome. And you said earlier that you came from more of a, uh, like a film background. And, and, and mm-hmm. uh, so had you written a comic script before? Had you had you had any experience with, with comics before this?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and for the first anthology, I had two stories. One was okay. uh, this one, this uh, comic called Ragnarok Come and another comic called Teddy's. And uh, Teddy's was actually the second chapter of a previous comic I had written several years earlier. Um, I made, uh, I, I used to write, you know, film scripts and television scripts and stuff like that. And I always wanted to make my own IP come to life. And someone basically suggested that the best way I can do that is to, you know, without using like the high, high budgets it takes to film and shoot these kind of things, Someone just said, why don't you just hire an artist and put it on paper, make comics out of it? And that's that's where a lot of my IPs are coming from right now is they're, they're all coming from old uh, film IPs that I've been using uh, from like, you know, seven, eight, 10 years ago.
0: Nice. And so one of the questions I like to ask people that I have on the podcast that uh, have a, a background in script writing, I, I've always heard that like one page of, a script should like equal like one minute of, of runtime. So basically, you know, if I sit down and I watch Tenet and I'm in a crowd of people, I experience that minute in the same, you know, runtime that, that they do, but you can, you can uh, change the pacing um, with a comic book, maybe like dropping out the background or expanding the panel and adding more detail. Um, So do you want to talk about how you can manipulate time in a comic book as you you might not be able to like in a in a in a, in a screenplay anybody um, who wants to answer that is also is is where it's open to them but chris why don't you start off
3: yeah like uh that's definitely a, uh one of the you know tropes of writing for television and film is that single page is a single minute uh i found uh when i write my comic scripts my comic scripts end up reading a lot like uh film scripts um primary primary differences being um when i'm instead of writing like a scenery setting one of the things i've i've learned to do is i've actually had to write uh panel descriptions in place of scenery settings this way uh this way i not necessarily not putting trust on the artist but uh, some of the artists i've worked with have not had the full experience of having many years and knowing how to translate uh, like uh, an easy uh, description to multiple panels. So um, like if you write a paragraph description of what's going on in that one minute of film, I would have to take that and break that up between like four or five different panels. And those descriptions would be what the writer or what the artist would be working on. And um, I've, tend to find that if especially if you have more than like two three panels per page it actually takes me when i write uh, a page and a half for every comic page that i'm uh, writing for interesting So,
0: and uh, another sort of question about that um with a film background and i think maybe we'll we'll transition just to, to evan um do you ever like call out like uh, camera angles? Like if you, if you're envisioning this in your mind's eye, you know, you might be like, I want to be in close on a face. I want to be like maybe low looking up. Do you, do you ever do that?
4: Um, Should Chris talk about that and then I'll jump in?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've learned that I had to do it with certain artists, with, with certain artists Uh, you know, some are, uh, I worked with, one artist on this most recent project, the corrupted, uh, Roy, he just kind of got it a little bit easier. Uh, and I didn't have to put like camera angles and stuff like that in. Um, whereas like on one of my previous projects, Ragnarok come, I had to go back in and kind of rewrite some of the pages to make sure that the artist had that direction. Sure.
0: And, and Evan, as a, as an artist, do you, um, does, is that something that you enjoy or is that something that you would like to maybe, um, have the control, um, yourself or is it maybe a combination of it where it's cause I'll say for myself, a lot of times if I'm envisioning a camera angle, I might word it politely like, Hey, this is a suggestion. I see it this way, but you know, if you have a different take on it, certainly go that way. How, what would you prefer that with, with that, with camera angles being called out by the, by the writer?
4: I really like to try what I envision uh, out by reading the initial description of the script without really uh, uh, base uh, my ideas uh, on the on the camera angles the writer has uh, proposed. But I will certainly um, keep them keep them in mind if uh, there are because uh, I want to uh, both make the best out of the the panels I have, but also um, keep, I I always need to remember that the writer is uh, the one who knows the story best. He mm-hmm. knows what the feelings he wants to communicate. And uh, if uh, I don't really mind what the, the writer does, but I, if I have a different idea of a panel or even the whole page, I might uh, propose it in the thumbnail process and uh, we can talk over it and uh, see what we like best
0: very cool yeah i i think that that's i mean this is again me be speaking from sort of personal experience i th- i think that that's sort of um a really great way to go about it like um it's just sort of suggestions um you know you can either take the suggestion or you can you know thumbnail it out a different way and send it back and then there's the the discussion there so I, I was just wondering as far as somebody with more of a film background where I would assume that there's like, you know, close in, pull out and kind of things like that. I, I just wanted to know about the freedom. Um, so, Dee, I'm going to jump back over to you. Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, you handling the, the I guess you set up sort of the the time frame and, and the scheduling and, and you're handling sort of the editing Um, Please remind me, do you have any sort of creative uh, stake in in this project?
2: I do. Um, So originally, because we started the eight page challenge as um, just basically getting an eight page comic done, um, I have two eight page comics started, but I have a tendency to help other people before I put myself up. So um, I ended up uh, making a flash fiction piece in the first anthology, uh, which is a short pirate story with a, a pirate ship drawing. Um, it's sort of become a calling card along comic book school things now that everybody knows that I like pirate stories. Um, And then uh, for the second one, um, I contributed as both a colorist for one of the flash fiction pieces. And I uh, did two pages for Mr. Stupendous, which is Ari's story. Um, When he said that he was going to be doing um, different comic pages throughout time as sort of an homage to old comic comics that he's read I was like I I went in on that I don't even care what periods I do just give me whatever nobody else wants and I'll do it <laughs> so I ended up doing the first two pages of that story which was really fun and then the flash fiction piece was illustrated by um uh, Marvel editor Dan, uh, Daryl Sanchez and I got to color that piece so I got to contribute somewhat <laughs> before putting the whole thing together
0: and uh, your it. background in coloring is that uh, did you did, do you have like formal training or is that sort of self taught where you, you go in and you you know discover what you feel like works? Uh, what's what's your background uh, with coloring? It's a
2: little column A, little column B. Um, I have a graphic design background as far as schooling um, and then a certificate of animation from Animation Mentor. So that was my my big sort of school. Um, and then I've worked professionally in animation for about seven years now. Okay. So I've gone back and forth for a couple of things. I've done coloring, I've done 2D, 3D, but it's sort of generalist work. I haven't done anything that's like you know Pixar level. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into comics, I know a little bit about enough of the production that I can wear lot of different hats and so i just kind of try and stick my fingers in and noodle around where i
0: can nice and i think you guys all have aa to uh thank for for flash fiction is that right in the in the first one he sort of brought that up and and then buddy was like you since you brought that up you're you're in charge of that is do do i remember that correctly
1: yeah yes that's correct uh often with uh comic book school you get voluntold to do things, especially <laughs> when you raise an idea, but he will be like, hey, that's a great idea. Now you're in charge of it. You are now the fiction editor. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how I became part of the editorial team in the first place was I was, um, I had the suggestion, I was taking a class in uh, Ray Bradbury and creative storytelling. And I had noticed that especially in his early work, like in what became the October Country, each story in the October Country is accompanied by a single full page illustration. Also, a lot of those early sci-fi pulp magazines commissioned art with their stories. And I asked Buddy, I was like, hey do you think this would be good for an anthology get a few of these in there and he's like it's a great idea you put it together you run it so (laughs) I became in charge of it then I ended up being the one who had an editorial background and they needed someone to line edit and proofread the book so I ended up getting involved in the comics editing too thank god he did because I
2: can't spell
1: he saved us um, yeah he was awesome a uh, co-editor um on the whole project um because of because of that so um Yes, I was the one who brought in the, uh, the flash fiction aspect of it. Um, but I also do have comics in both of the anthologies as well. Though I will say we're very proud this year that whereas last year we had three flash fiction stories, this year we have 11 flash fiction. There's actually more flash fiction than comics. There's 11 flash fiction. There's eight comics. So it's still majority comics by pages because the comics are longer. But um, in terms of the number of stories, there are actually a greater number of flash fiction stories in the anthology.
3: Yeah, I think it's actually a really solid uh, balance between the two. It, the the having as many uh, flash fiction as we have definitely balances out um, because you got so many killer ideas, so many awesome concepts in this anthology this year, um, and some of them are quick. And some of them are like a little bit longer. It's like, okay, I like these little short ones, but I really like these long ones. And there's just so many awesome ideas. It's, it's in my opinion, I think it's a kick-ass anthology. There's my one curse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> then The other thing about the flash fiction is it gives you a... Uh... A different way to get involved, you know, maybe something happened to you in 2020 you couldn't illustrate eight pages, it's a long process. Um, Each flash fiction story is accompanied by either one or two full page illustrations. Um, It's a way you can get involved a slightly different schedule It starts a little later on in the process so you can get your work in there and you can get it out there, a lot of people, uh, maybe they don't necessarily want to be a sequential artist or primarily a sequential artist, I'd rather do pinups and covers as a chance for them to get published work out there. In terms of writers, it's always good to have prose work. Um, you have a lot of people now crossing over between the prose world and the comics world um, and the film and television world. And, and not necessarily like it was when I was a kid where people were separate and uh, Neil Gaiman was pretty much the only one doing it um, in, in a variety of mediums. Um, I mean, Tanisi Coates, big literary writer, did a Black Panther run recently, right? I mean, the 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 lines are blurring. Uh, My, Michael Chabon was a very prominent literary writer, is writing the Picard series for, uh, for Paramount. Straczynski, yeah. Yes, so um, people are, you know, there there aren't lines anymore. People should be writers should be able to write across mediums, um, in different um, different genres and different. Um, different mediums and it's important to get that uh, that experience of writing a flash fiction story as well, I think. Very and to cool. Jack's
2: point from earlier, um, writing the flash fiction is a challenge because you have to be brief. You know, you have to get this idea out and get it across and communicated in a certain amount of words. Um, but also for the artists, you have to visualize that story in one image, two images. You have to really um, communicate this great idea, and like Chris said, a lot of them are really intense, really great ideas in a very short amount of time. So it's it's a challenge for a creative mind to be able to put this into a smaller, shorter format.
1: It's also, it's also a different type of illustration process, right? So in a, in a um, comic story, the burden of the storytelling is often on the artist. Um, whereas in the flash fiction story, they want to, it's almost like you're teasing um, you're work, still working in concept, but you're not trying to. You can't tell the story in one image. Um, you're like enhancing the story or um, or teasing the story, making highlighting one one important aspect of it. So it's so it's a different um, it's a different type of thing. Nice. So,
0: is there anybody who primarily going into this consider themselves a writer? Or consider themselves an artist, but going through this and seeing the process, maybe wanted them to like tackle like the 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 other half of the creative process. Did anybody go? You know, I always envisioned myself as as a uh, as a writer, but you know, seeing this going through, I might like to tackle. Um, you know maybe doing like a pinup at first in the flash fiction, or, or for Evan, I'm not quite sure of your background. I know most of what I know of you is as a sequential artist, but did you see any of this? And did you get like the, the bug to maybe
4: do some writing here or there? Yes, actually, um, I haven't written anything or actually, but uh, I have read a bunch of, uh, you know, books regarding script and uh, either for screenplay or for comics. Uh, because uh, I originally originally read them because I wanted to better understand what a writer gives to me so I can actually uh, offer a better product in the end. But uh, I would like to actually try and write something for myself at some point uh, but in theory, it's easy to say that I will try. But uh, yeah, in practice, it's no. <laughs> I, I have a long way to go. But I would like to try at some point. Yeah. Oh, cool. What about on the on the other side? Anybody who
0: uh, considered themselves uh, as a writer wanna wanna pick up a uh, a pen or uh, get on a uh, digital tablet and do some do some drawing? Look at all those faces. I,
3: there's those a lot. Of, there's, a lot head, there's a lot of heads. There's a
0: lot of heads shaking. No.
2: Uh, Chris actually offered to letter my story. So he's he's getting into some of the other sides of things. So um, the good thing about coming from school is that you can try anything out like we're not going to tell you no, if you want to try and, you know, draw a couple stick figures or, you know, get into, you know, a painting class ari has got a painting up he's doing all right. So it, it's good to dabble. It's good to experience the other side of things. We'd like for people to join the editorial side and see project management production. But then also, if you're a writer, try coloring. If you're you know, a letterer, try writing a story. Like it's, just, it's fun to see the other side, even if it's not something you're going to pursue forever. It's interesting to see, like Evan said, you know, what, the, what the challenges are from, from the other people on your team.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I actually really love lettering. I mean, I'm horrible at it, but I, am I'm growing. I've done, uh, you know, a couple projects or whatnot, but it's like, uh, I think that letterers have a very cool problem to solve. It's like, they've got a script in front of them that they've got to translate onto a page, but the page has art in the way. And they have to kind of fix and puzzle piece the pieces where they're supposed to go in a way that's not, you know, disruptive to the art. And, uh, I think it's a great challenge. Uh, I've also, like, I've always thought uh, letterers had a really awesome, you know, ability. But now I just appreciate it even more so because there are some killer letterers out there that, like, uh, I totally believe that when everyone says lettering can make or break your story, it's totally true. Sure. Hands down. And I I refuse to release any of my stuff now if my lettering is bad, bad. Like, if it's really bad, I'm like, I can't do this. I got to redo it.
1: And I wanted to to actually give a shout out to my letter Christian Christian Doc Lemansky, who did the editing on both Mr. stupendous stories. Um, I haven't really talked about them that much, but this Mr. stupendous story that I did, that both uh, D. Ali and Evan were um, were artists on. Um, each page of the story took place in a different time period, and each of the time periods uh, the the villain is a time jumping uh, villain. His name is Doctor Wen. He's not like any other doctors you might know that uh, happen to jump through time. Don't know why anyone would even. He keeps asking me that. I, I'm not sure why, but um, they each page when you jump to, like when they jump to the Golden Age, the page looks like it was from the Golden Age. Uh, D did D did the Golden Age page. We go to the Silver Age. Michael Gracia did the Silver Age. Sebastian Bonet did the uh, Far Future anime. Evan did uh, Renaissance. Um, Renaissance England, Shakespearean England, and uh, medieval time as well, um, and it was most likely. And they all did. They all did an excellent job, but Christian, when he lettered it, had to letter all the pages, and both be true to the style in each of the pages, but also have some sort of continuity for the whole story, so that the jumps weren't, um, hopefully, weren't too jarring. Um, so. That's the, uh, that's the first thing with, with the lettering. The lettering is really important. Um, and also in most cases, the letterer also does a lot of the pre-production work as well. It gives the pages, hopefully to spec. Um, I, th- I think Christian did a good job of that. Um, but um, the letterer being responsible for preparing the files and giving them in either to... Someone like D, who's going to be running the production, or often in an indie book, giving you print-ready files that that you're going to have to uh, do yourself. So the editors do do a lot of work. I'm also a big fan of letterers. I have two Todd Klein prints up on my wall near my computer. Um, you know Todd Klein, who edited The Sandman, among other other things. One of one of the best, the last of the great hand editors, hand letterers. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I think I think lettering. And I'm also a big fan of lettering.
0: Yeah, one of the
1: Jacks letterer was recently nominated for a big award, wasn't he? Who? Jacks Jacks letterer. Micah wasn't Micah Ringo nom- nominee this year.
5: Yeah, he was.
1: Yeah, so so the guy who edited uh, Jack and Evans uh, comic, uh, Micah Michael Myers, right? He he was uh, he was a nominee for for a Ringo Award this year. So we we did have some top editors in this book.
0: Very cool. Yeah, we often on this podcast we talk about editing. Be, I'm sorry, uh, lettering being sort of the the unsung heroes of of comics. Like you don't notice it unless it's done poorly or or not well like if it pulls you out of the story and you're like oh i need to read the balloons in this order um if it's done really well you sort of flow with the story and you don't notice it and when when you do notice it, it's just because maybe it's a little confusing or it's not done well so you know it's 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 a really important skill that's not really talked about a lot i mean a lot of times you you know you can see some great art you can see some vibrant colors the story can pull you in but you don't often think about how important that 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 um that lettering stage is Mm -hmm. do any of the writers here do you when it got to the lettering stage did you do a pass Um, because a lot of times I found for myself like when I'm scripting and I'm I'm putting down some dialogue I think of it one way but then when I can see it like on the page and I see the balloons I might go okay you know this is a little too much I don't need I don't need this you know some of the 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 art is conveying that that point. Did anybody do like a an edit once they they saw their their you know their process like in the lettering stage?
1: Yeah, I always do to to some extent, um, especially for this one because in addition to the art and the uh, the art changing on each page, the style of dialogue changes on each page. So the uh, the Silver Age has this uh, kind of Stanley editorial caption that comes in. Uh, from time to time and the characters get quippier and make more puns Um, in the pages that Evan did it's written in a period appropriate English Mm -hmm. Um, so the characters from the Shakespearean times speak in Shakespearean English that type of thing so so I wanted to do a pass anyway just because as I was working with the different artists and writing the individual pages I was kind of working on the pages more individually than I would normally and I definitely wanted to make sure that they read the whole thing through once it was all done and laid out and and like always I did make a few um I did make a few um small edits here and there um but yeah I I often do I'll see something I'll be like okay it doesn't need that line or maybe it needs something else Mm -hmm. um, or maybe there's something that was added in I don't remember anything specifically in this, in this story, but maybe there was something that an artist added in that you want to highlight uh, some element. Um, but yeah, I, I always make a pass after the um, after I get the pages back and, and see if there are any minor edits I need to make.
0: That's interesting. That made me think of something, Evan, when you get a, a script and you see that like, maybe it's going to be a little bit more dialogue heavy. I think a real skill for an artist is to sort of leave that sort of space above the characters to, to allow for, for maybe uh, more balloons. Is that something you, when you're looking at it, you go, all right, you know, I got these, you know, these two individuals, they're gonna, you know, have like a conversation that's roughly, you know, six balloons where, you know most of my other stuff is two to three balloons do you compensate by leaving sort of what i'm referring to as like negative space for for balloons to be above the characters
4: yeah certainly and uh, i usually make the panels panels larger if uh, i think the space is needed and uh, if there is a, a dialogue between them like six balloons as you said um they have to change from uh, one character to the other you need to leave enough space at this pretty much same spot so you can uh, the letter can then uh, place uh, each balloon after the other and still uh, be clear to the reader who says what and w- in what order as well
0: very very yeah that's a I think that's another sort of unsung uh, skill or, or thought that people don't really think about when they were making comics is and, you know the artist obviously wants to draw really cool stuff, but they also have to think about, you know, I have to leave enough room in this this panel to to accomplish what what the writer wants to, to get across in these balloons.
4: Yeah, and uh, as we said before, a letter is uh, very important in that because even if as, a, as an artist you make a mistake or you don't uh, calculate everything perfectly to fit it as the writer had in mind, for example, the letter can actually save you at that point. <laughs> and, uh, find solutions that you didn't even think of?
0: Very cool. So, you know, I think we've touched on a lot of the different stories and a lot of the, the creative aspects of it. Um, so this is the second um, anthology, correct? We, we did one last year. Um, this is the one that we're working on. What is the, uh, the plan for this? Is this going to be uh, something that goes to crowdfunding? Is this going to be something that, that's available uh online and in print for for people to to experience what's what's the plan with uh with the book
2: you want to take that one or you want me to do it
1: i'll I'll start and then you you finish um we had um it is available for free right now as a digital download on the comic book school site if you go to www.comicbookschool.com there is a sidebar with a picture of the anthology cover you can click on that you can download it for free there's also a blog post about it. You could do it all sorts of places, drop down comics tab on the comic book school site. It is a much like the first one available for free download on the comic book school site. Um, providing educational services for free is something that comic book school is known for. And as part of the comic book school mission. And as such, the first digital printing of both of our anthologies um, is a, um, free download as a pdf on our site there are also plans for print books in the future which i'm going to let the uh talk about because she, like many things she is in charge of that <laughs> <laughs>
2: So uh, we were trying to get them printed for New York Comic Con, but unfortunately, due to some production backups and some COVID related issues, uh, we weren't able to get them out quite quickly enough. Um, But we are printing 150 limited copies of the first anthology, and those will be going to people who contributed to the anthology to sell as their work, um, as they deem fit. Uh, one of the big things about the way that we do the anthology is Buddy doesn't want to gather up a whole list of other people's IP. He has got his own IPs. So everyone who contributes to the anthology uh, contributes those stories and that art um, just for the life of the anthology. You own your own IP. Um, it's something that you have to discuss with your team who owns what and how to own it. But we have a lot of talk about that in the forums as well, and uh, we don't we don't take that from you, so we don't we don't take money from you for that. So um, we are printing the first one, and uh, by next year's concert, I am going to try and have both of them printed. Uh, and then once we have a couple of them printed, uh, there's a possibility we'll do some crowdfunding in the future for other issues. Um, that's still on the table, but it's all open to the community and and people who want to contribute how.
0: Awesome. So, is the is the general plan um, around New York Comic Con time? Is like when the uh, the finished project would be um, ready um, for either download or just sort of completed? Is that generally what the what the plan is?
2: So the twenty twenty one the original deadline was uh, New York Comic Con, uh, but obviously in twenty twenty we didn't have New York Comic Con, and so. Um, because it was our first one we ended up releasing it kind of at the end of the year um, but it is going forward something that we'd like to keep doing that new york comic-con is kind of uh, our home con for mm-hmm. comic book school sorry about the dogs um, but uh, that's kind of where buddy does most of his panels it's where creator connections got started and so it's it's kind of our home base um, so we did release our second anthology as a digital download uh, the sunday of new york comic-con and that's hopefully always going to be our due date as we move forward and do Anthology 3, 4, however many of these we do. Um, so uh, as long as there's New York Comic Con, we'll try and produce a digital download for the anthology. And going forward, we're going to try and continue to get them printed. So,
0: Awesome. So for anybody listening to this right now, it's, it's you know late October of, of 2021. They, they've listened to this interview. Um, they're very excited about this um what would be like sort of the starting point um to to jump in for for three i guess maybe go to the comic book school get involved in the forums like anybody listening to this that you want to encourage to be part of it what's what's the best
3: plan of action there
2: okay chris it's your turn (laughs)
3: go to comicbookschool.com number one thing all right on that website you will see uh, links to all of these amazing posts teaching you how to do comics and all this, then whatever. But then there's also message boards. It's uh, create.com. Uh, and those are the message boards. Go sign up and then give yourself a cool handle. I don't care if it's the most amazing artist ever. All right. Doesn't matter. You can be whatever you want and then reach out to people. Talk to people. Do, do whatever you want. Uh, as far as like, see what topics are being talked about because people are talking about like whether or not uh, the Snyder Cut was awesome. Um, people are talking about um, you know the anthology. Um, go find a subject that might pique your interest. Get involved in the top. Uh, get involved in the conversation, and also uh, look at what people are doing. See uh, see what creators are on the forums. Uh, what they've like contributed to the anthologies, either the panel one or panel two, look at their work, see what they're doing, look up their, uh, you know, social handles, follow them, talk to each other, okay? Everything always starts with a conversation. Um, And it's as simple as just a, hi, what kind of stuff do you do? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's probably the best way to just kind of dive in face first without being like, who wants an artist? Or, you know, uh, trying to sell yourself not knowing what's going on. Did that, and was that easy enough? Was
2: Chris had enough? an energy drink today for those people who didn't
1: get that. And, and I just want to add that in addition to signing up for the forums, you also want to sign up for the Comic Book School newsletter. Um, Buddy puts out a newsletter once a month. It has all the information about Comic Book School, about where Uh, where we're going to be what cons, all that kind of stuff what goes on when the anthology is announced the process for the next anthology will be announced both on the forums and in the newspaper and in the newsletter Um, it also has jobs in the comics industry it has articles that uh, curates a list of articles that are of interest um, and with links to certain discussions in the forums. I know there's been a big discussion around NFTs recently, both in the newspaper newsletter and in the uh, and in the forum as well. But you're going to want to sign up for that newsletter as well. Um, and um, also, there's a uh, a YouTube show that that Erin produces sorry that Dee produces as well where uh, where buddy interviews different people in the uh, indie industry so that's another place that you can get involved
0: very cool it seems like there's a lot of uh, valuable information there so I'm going to put a link to the comic book school uh, i'm it's comicbookschool.com. Is, is that what it is so I'll put a link in the in the show notes um, and then everybody can go there find the forum sign up for that newsletter um, you know I've had a lot of fun talking to everybody here um, you know we, we we dove into a you know, a bunch of different aspects of, you know, making comics, a little bit of flash fiction art and stuff like that. Um, but as we close up, let's, let's go back around and just sort of mention, you know, your contribution to the, to the book. And if you want to give out any social handles, uh, for, for people to follow you to, to stay up to, to date on what you're working on, um, Let's do that. Um, so I'm going to just say a name and just, you know, let me know what you worked on. And if you want to give your socials out, um, let's do that. Uh, let's let's start off with D.
2: OK, um, well, I was one of the three editors on panel two. Uh, I worked on a couple color and two pages for Mr. Stupendous as an artist. Um, I was also the general layout artist of the whole book. Um, as far as social goes, if you want to connect with comic book school, we're on pretty much every platform as comic book school, it's YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and then if you want to catch me directly, um, at redheaded ed on Twitter, uh, and also on the forums.
0: Very cool. Chris, uh, how about, how about you, um, your contribution to the book. And if people want to follow you online, where, where can they do that?
3: Yeah, I, uh, my eight page comic was uh, the corrupted and my prose story was called frozen carnage. Um, and if you want to follow me, uh, it's tales beyond tales is my website uh, for my own indie label. Um, and if you'd like to follow me personally, it's Chris.Burgos. Burgos. Uh, but to keep updated on, you know, everything that we're doing at tales beyond involving like Teddy's or run or uh, Ragnarok Hummer or anything like that, go check out TalesBeyond.com. Very cool.
0: And I'm going to jump over to to Jack here. Jack, um, your contributions uh, to the book and any socials that you want to give out.
5: Uh, So I'm the writer for Lost in Repose. Uh, I think that's the uh, first eight page. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The first eight page short story in uh, panel two, uh, which you can find. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Jack Holder AI or Facebook, uh, Arcane Industries.
0: Nice. Uh, Evan, uh, how about you? Um, your contribution and uh, where to, to follow you uh,
4: online. Uh, I did the art for Lost in Reports with Jack Holder and uh, two pages uh, for Mr. Stupendous in the gladness of Dr. Wen with uh, Ari Rubin. Uh, people can find me at uh, Evan Scale on Twitter and Evan Scale Art on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Very cool. Real, um,
3: real quick, real quick if you're smart and you want to see a killer artist, you follow that man.
2: Yeah, follow, his Instagram follow is Evan. Awesome.
3: His Instagram is killer. He's putting up his own, like, uh you know, training and studies that he's doing for like hands and body position. I mean, watching Evan do work is like. I, Evan, I'm going to have to steal you from Jack one of these times. <laughs> you're you're awesome to watch on Instagram and on whatever else, and like I, I would love to work with you sometime. So watch him, people. Nice. Follow Evan. Very cool.
0: Thank you. Uh, and and AA, let's uh, let's check in with you uh, as we close up.
1: Uh, sure. So I am AA Rubin. I was an editor on oh. the uh, and anth- on both anthologies with uh, D and with Chris. I am also the writer for Mister Stupendous. Um, we had A Day in the Life of Mr. Stupendous in Anthology One and uh, Mr. Stupendous in the Clutches of Dr. Wen in Anthology Two with uh, D. Alley, Evan Scale, Michael Gracia, Sebastian Bonet, Christian Dachelomansky, and Arya Lepkin all doing art for that book. And I also wrote the flash fiction piece uh there are no ghosts here only memories with uh joel jacob barker as the artist on uh, that one you can follow me on twitter instagram and facebook at the surreal ari i'm most active on twitter um, but it's at the surreal ari across all the platforms and my website is www.aarubin.com
0: very cool. And as everybody was doing that, I, I had a thought. Is anybody uh, currently crowdfunding, going to go to crowdfunding soon? Is there anybody who wants to promote anything outside of uh, the comic book school right now?
1: Evan did a cover for an anthology, a prose anthology that I have two stories in that's not on crowdfunding, but it recently went on Amazon and it was just released about a week ago, uh, called Remnants. Uh, It's a shared world post-apocalyptic horror anthology, um, which a shared world anthology means that there are a bunch of writers writing within the same world, sort of like, the MCU would be a shared world. The different writers and directors, they're all sharing the same thing, but it's a post-apocalyptic horror sci-fi anthology. I have two stories in it, and Evan is the cover artist, and I just got the paperback this week, and Evan also has the art he did for the monster is actually at the opening of each story on the title page of every story as well.
0: Very cool. You said that's available at uh, Amazon? It's on correct?
1: Amazon from uh, Fedowar Press. It's called Remnants. Remnants, Volume One, from uh, federal Press. Uh, Stephen Coglin is the uh, is the editor of the project. It's his shared world that we are all working in.
0: Very cool. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Jack, go uh, ahead.
4: Can, can go I? First? Can I still? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a tabletop game that will be coming out uh, early next year, which I I have uh, been illustrating for a while, and. Uh, Before that, uh, I will be sharing about the tabletop game uh, soon enough, more stuff. So you you will see that on my social media. And uh, before that, actually, uh, there's a project with Jack, uh, which he will mention now.
5: (laughs) Uh, So uh, all of mine and Evan's current work is in this uh, shared series, Legends of the Realm. And we're going to be launching uh, the first issue of this arc, uh, January 4th. So we have uh, just over two months to go. Uh, Evan and I are working on it. It's gonna be on Kickstarter uh, soon. We'll, we'll be bugging everyone with links. So uh, we'll be begging Matt Matthew aunt, to come on again during the campaign.
0: No problem, Jack. You 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 know you have a you have an open uh, invite uh, anytime anytime you want to come on and, and talk about stuff.
3: Thank you.
0: Very cool. Uh, so I know that uh, you know we heard from um, Evan, Jack, and and, and AA, uh, Chris, and in, D. Is, is there anything else outside of Comic Book School you guys want to want to talk about here as we close up?
2: I'm actually Um, taking the month off after putting together the anthology. So I'll get back to you in December. (laughs) Well,
0: well, well well-deserved time off.
3: (laughs) Definitely. Um, I am actually working with a first time artist on a story, uh, called wizards. Um, it's a story about two opposing, um, secret organizations, uh, traveling the world and hunting for magical masks. Um, and that's actually going to be hopefully dropping, uh, maybe in January. It's, uh, it was supposed to be December, but I think we're pushing it back, um, to January. I'm also going to be putting together my own anthology. Uh, it's going to be tales beyond number one, and it's going to be all of the short stories that I have, uh, put together from these various IPs that I have, uh, including some of the sh- uh, short stories I've done with the uh, comic book school. Uh, and I'm just going to be putting them together in about an 80 page, uh, anthology or so. Um, and, it's going to be my own writing, and I'm also going to be getting my hands on. Uh, my dad is going to be writing a story. Very uh, cool. One one of the IPs I'm using is one of his IPs, actually. So he's going to be giving me about a ten pager uh, of uh, flash fiction. So that's going to be dropping hopefully uh, in February.
0: Very cool. So it sounds like uh, I have some returning guests coming up uh, at the at the start of the at uh, the start of the year here. Definitely. Awesome. Well, guys, I had a lot of guys and girls. I've had a lot of fun talking to you. It's, you know, um, it's really encouraging to hear sort of the, the process, um, sort of the teamwork aspect that you guys ha- have done uh, to, to make this book. So it's, it's really exciting. Um, so I'm going to put the, the link to the comic book school in the show notes. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I'm guessing maybe this time next year we might be catching up to talk about uh, the, the third volume. Course. Definitely nice. So, um, I'd like to once again just thank everybody for listening. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter that's at Construct Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Um, I'm also going to include a link to uh, Future Tales of Sci Fi, it's a Kickstarter that's starting on November 1st, of 2021. Um, I have a story in that with uh, the co-host of this podcast who couldn't make it tonight, uh, Noah. Um, So we're, we're pretty excited about that. But once again, thanks everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.